Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Uh, on Twitter, I said on my Twitter thing. After, after Pompey won, I, I tweeted as a joke, Hassan Yebda is going to be the next entry into the Dean Win That's All the Fame. I've got about six people going back and saying, you can't do that. <laughs> He's only got one goal. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. It is the football ramble. Enter and come and meet us. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> just more and more bizarre. In that order. <laughs> um, you're going to meet Pete first. Yes, you are, you lucky men and girls. <laughs> uh, and then you're going to meet Luke. All right. And James or Jim. Charmed to make your acquaintance. Um, the, I'm going to ask a question. Who are you? I'm Marcus. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to ask a question which is inspired by an email from uh, Tom Goulding uh, in light of all the um, the penalty decisions that were given at the weekend, the bad decisions for given and not given. And I bring the question to you, gentlemen. What is the most ridiculous penalty decision you've seen given or not given? I am going to go with when Robert, uh, Ronald Koeman just pretty much rugby tackled David Platt and it was given <laughs> as a free kick and Koeman wasn't wasn't sent off. Oh, so that, was in just, the, that was in a 93 World tell, Cup qualifier. Yeah. Tell that referee he's just right. cost me my job. Yeah. That, that was, was, was what Graham Taylor said, wasn't it? Graham Taylor, yeah. 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 To a linesman, wasn't it? They did that documentary. Was it the fourth official? Or a li- no, it was a linesman, yeah. wasn't it? Because a linesman was just ignoring him, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Doing his job. Taylor went absolutely nuts. Oh, so he should do that. It was outrageous, though. It was... It was possibly the well, worst it was, it was decision the of that kind. A Taylor said it's up to them whether they gave a penalty or a, or a free kick, but he shouldn't have been on the field. Absolutely. Yeah. He scored a free kick as well after that. Yeah. What more can can he possibly have done to get sent off? <laughs> Just unbelievable. Well, I don't understand. Yeah. Um, Luke? Um, I'm probably going to go for um, the final of the World Cup in 1990. Oh, yes. Um, when, um, oh, I think it was Oscar Ruggieri, I think, brought down Jurgen Klinsmann. We didn't actually bring him down. It was one of the worst dives I've ever seen, <laughs> and and he slid in to tackle him, but sort of alongside him, didn't make any contact. That's right. Yeah, it was yeah. on it was on the side of the linesman as well. But I, can you boys remind me whether the linesman could actually flag for that sort of stuff? Then was that in the, in the rules? Then I can't honestly remember, but he didn't flag, yeah. and then Bremer scored the penalty. It was in the eighty fifth minute. As it well. was, yeah, it was yeah, nil yeah. nil because the Argentinians. I mean, it's unlike them to go mental anyway, but they were <laughs> yeah. actually justified to go mad then. It's cracking because uh, it was. And one that of the final was the first time you saw a player got sent off in a World Cup. It was ball. the most. I, I think they had two sent off, actually. I was about to say it was the most ill disciplined Argentinian performance we've ever seen. There's <laughs> so many bookings, and, and uh, yeah, the old red card as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, and when they went to swap shirts at the end, Alf Ramsey ran on and went, no, no! No, you're not doing <laughs> it, yeah. <no>. Animals. <laughs> yeah, uh, Pete. Uh, Marlon Harewood at the weekend, Marcus. Hey. <laughs> Slugly it was disgraceful, yeah. 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 A little bit closer to now, the present. Yeah. yeah what about um, Mark Wilson for Pompey? 
Definitely not a pen. <laughs> wow. Definitely not a pen. That was one of the most outrageous handballs I've ever seen, but we'll take it. For the, for the, for the Newcastle one, where I enjoyed uh, Mick Laws going mental on BBC Radio Newcastle. I rarely get to listen to BBC Radio Newcastle. <laughs> yeah. Oh, lovely stuff it was. Well, I'm, I'm going to go for when uh, Robbie Fowler skipped over David Seaman's arms at Highbury, and even he said to the referee, no, that wasn't a penalty. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, got, is that when McAteer smashed in the rebound? Yeah, he did, yeah. <laughs> Even Fowler, though... Fowler hit it and Seaman saved it and then McAteer scored the rebound. Yeah, yeah. I think a dishonorary mention has to go to uh, the German goalkeeper, Schumacher, as well, when oh, he nearly God. took... Um, is it Patrick Battiston's Batistone. head off? Yeah. It he wasn't just... inside the box, I don't think. No, it but close. it was just such a shocking foul. He, uh, so dangerous. He broke, broke his broken jaw. his neck. He broke his jaw and knocked two of his teeth out and he was unconscious and the, go- and the ref gave a goal kick. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. It's horrifying. It, he earned that goal kick. Yeah. His broken jaw. Yeah. Oh, it was a lovely little goal kick. But uh, the weekend, gentlemen, has passed. Mm-hmm. Um, and Portsmouth won a game. Blimmin' brilliant, eh? Eh? Uh, even a blind squirrel occasionally finds a nut. Mm. All right, all right. Yeah, uh, yeah do you know, so, I mean, Pompey haven't actually been playing that badly, so I think they would do a win. Um, and it's good to see them all battling for each other and working hard. And you know, Paul Hart's face was brilliant at the end. Yeah, he's aged about fifteen years. <laughs> yeah, six months. in that second half. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but they've got a bit of a run in there now. Haven't yeah, they? they've got some decent, uh, decent games. Spurs at home. But apart from that, we've got a load of winnable games. Yeah, I tell you what, that'll be good. That'll be interesting to see Rednut go back to Fratton Park, especially Ooh. in the light of what's just happened as well. Yeah. Well, it's a load of nonsense thinking yeah. I'm going to ah, leave. Ah, oh, gambling, what are you talking yeah. about? It's a mugs game. Bang? <laughs> What's a bang? I've never even heard of a bang. No, <laughs> rubbish. My Sandra, my Sandra, that's all he ever says. My Sandra, we're going to go home and have a nice plate of pasta and a, and a glass of wine with my Sandra. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Portsmouth takeover, is it going to happen? Well, it has happened, doesn't it? Well, I don't Again. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently he sold them on to someone else. Now, I don't know what's going on. Are they going to be taken over by sanity for once? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice. I could absolutely... That's one thing I can rule out. <laughs> uh, he's apparently been passed on to... The club's now been passed on to two Saudi Arabian brothers, apparently billionaire investors. He's just getting passed around everyone. It's scary, isn't it? I mean, there's this whole situation a little while ago where Ken Bates come out and said, yeah, I don't actually know who owns Leeds. When you fill out... A, <laughs> when you fill out a fit and proper persons test, do you yeah. not have to put your name on it? <laughs> yeah, or, like, no. any details of who you actually are. Yeah, remain anonymous to, to protect <laughs> <Yeah>. the innocent. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the same thing with Notts County, isn't it? They haven't really yeah. ousted, or, sorry, outed who... who, um, who properly owns. Yeah, not ousted. Probably the right word. <laughs> That's a different one. Um, it's, it's strange. I mean, there's, there's absolutely no dignity left. No, they're really... It's all gone. <laughs> but how can you function as a business when nobody knows who owns it? Well, presumably yeah. the owners would take a, a... Not a wage, but they'd take... They'd know where the profits went, so the profits have got to go somewhere. Well, they they profits, profits. They I think they're profits. going back to Nigeria, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> there was an email from them. Um, <laughs> I'd like to talk about the promoted sides into the Premiership. Burnley, in particular, doing fantastically yeah. well. Their home, home form is superb, superb, isn't it? Yeah. It's 100% so far, I think. It is. Yeah, they haven't lost a home game in a long, long time. And they, and they were 2-1 two, two against Birmingham, but it flattered Birmingham, really. Birmingham had an awful lot of chances. Yeah. And, and they played excellently well. And Birmingham scored quite late on. It was a bit of a consolation. It was a great free kick from Sebastian Larson. Yeah, Absolutely no celebration, though. No. He just ran back to the, to the but I think I, I mean, fair enough, Wolves have just lost to Portsmouth. But I think they're doing all right, actually, Yeah, so Wolves are, I think, giving a good account of themselves. They, they really, really battered Fulham the other weekend. Mm-hmm. Really, really did. Yeah, I think I think that um, they also had a good last ten or fifteen minutes against Portsmouth, but just couldn't score. Yeah. David James made a good save, got it towards the end as yeah. he does. He does um, as he does. Yeah, he's, he's still. I tell you, he also had a great game with Paul Robinson, even though he well, yeah. six. Mental. Well, I'm, I'm glad actually he's back in the England squad. Um, I wouldn't go that far. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> glad. All right, well, who's your, who's your top three keepers then? Um, Robert Green. Yeah. David James. Yep. And um, Buffon. 
Manuel Amunia. <laughs> English. Yeah. Um, no, I understand what you're saying, but Robertson won't realistically start. No, but he's him. number three at the moment. Mm. I mean, they said Foster's not got in because of uh, chest injury or something. I think it's probably because of the mistakes he's been making. He's not been playing that well, is he? Yeah. He's a good keeper. He's a good, yeah. But at the moment, he shouldn't be in that squad and he isn't. Yeah. I'll tell you who should be in it and isn't. Darren Bent. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Banging him in, isn't he? Him and Kenwin Jones seem to be getting along, don't they? What's the reason for him not being in it, given that we've already qualified for the World Cup? Surely you want to see him do what he can do. Give him a full game up front. Yeah, especially with Defoe out. It's just well, you'd rather him similar sort of players. Yeah. You'd rather him than Agbon Lahore. Mm. I'd say so, yeah. I mean, you could make an argument for him to be in the squad over pretty much, I mean, apart from Rooney, any Carl- of them. Carlton Cole, I'd take yeah. him out. Yeah. He, Carlton Cole scored at the weekend, but he's, he's not, I don't think he's international Well, when you've got, when you've got Heskey in, Colton Cole's doing a similar thing, but far less yeah. effectively. So yeah, Cape- Capello loves Heskey, doesn't he? He, yeah. he, he said he said he because um, some uh, journalist in a press conference recently pulled him up on it because he said Capello famously said, "Oh, my players who come into my squad need to play games," and they said, well, "What about Heskey? He's not starting games." And Capello sort of gave a little little cheeky grin and went, "Well, you know." He sort of basically said without saying it, "I make up the rules around here. <laughs> <laughs> Don't question me. If I'm putting Heskey, well. I'm putting him in." Well. <laughs> Uh, West Ham are struggling though at the moment. They are. They seem to be very, very inconsistent, don't they? In terms of they'll have a good season, look like they're going to kick on, and then struggle a bit. It's yeah, I thought they were really going to kick on yeah. this season. Lucky Seven to get a point yeah. against Fulham. They were. Yeah, they've yeah, not won home all God. season. But, I mean, they were one 0 up with uh, Fulham just having lost a man, and they, they threw the lead away. I mean, they were very lucky right at the end that Eddie Johnson wasn't a bit more composed. <laughs> they could have lost it right. <laughs> that at the was outrageous. <laughs> but speaking of Robert Green, what's he doing there? Yeah. Well, that was like reminiscent of me in the old Ramble living aside. Don't game. put yourself down. Coming out. <laughs> the listeners <laughs> and I will do that. That, that, um, that Diamante looks interesting. He's he quality. looks like a nutcase. He's West Ham are good for signing mental players like that. Do you know what he said when he first came to the club? Oh, I'm not the new De Canio. Yeah. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> but he has got that sort of fiery look about him, hasn't he? And he does look like he's a sort of a player of quality. I'm he does play like that, yeah. that guy. Zavon Hines looks a good player as well. They've got some pace. good young players coming through, but they haven't won a home game all season. Mm. They are really struggling. I mean, if Pompey weren't so rubbish, they'd be bottom. <laughs> well, it's true. Um, we touched on Fulham briefly. We went to see them. Oh, yeah. We did, yeah. Against FC Basel. A lot of fun. Good, good game. Great fans, Basel. Yeah. Terrible fans, Fulham. Well, yeah. <laughs> the, the, best, the quietest The set best of moment, fans. the best moment was FC Basel fans <laughs> were singing and dancing, as you would expect in the way support from Europe. Yeah, yeah. All game. One uh, particularly attractive fan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a, there was a man, he was topless. Yeah. Uh, he looked like Che Guevara with a kind of Che Guevara hat. Very muscular. Thinking yeah. about it, it could have been Roger Federer, because he's their most famous fan. <laughs> <laughs> no, he wasn't tall enough. No, okay, fair enough. And he'd have looked like Roger Federer. <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. No, he's from a distance, you couldn't really make out his way. <laughs> oh, yeah, but but um, I tried to chuck him a tennis ball, but he missed it, so definitely couldn't win it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and for FC Bar fans were singing all game, and then when Fulham scored, all the Fulham fans started singing, and the FC Bar fans, with a perfect, perfect rendition of English, just started singing, "Sing when you're winning," <laughs> and they just went back to singing in French or German. It was again, it was cracking. Yeah, no, it was good. Good win for Fulham, though. Seven pounds. Yeah. Great. Seven not too pounds. bad, not too Six shoddy. So we front ticket. row. Yeah. God, God knows what the ground would have looked like if it wasn't really, really cheap. <laughs> yeah. Because there was big we swathes the, of we empty the, bits. We were near the fifth. Mm, the we need the fifth official, the new fifth official. Oh yeah, they didn't do it. There was an outrageous penalty decision in the in, in oh, yeah. the first half, and, the, and that fifth official was standing right there. He didn't do anything. He pissed me off. That fifth did. <laughs> and, and he was wearing shorts as well, which he couldn't figure out why he was wearing shorts because it's not as if he's got to run around. He just stands around yeah, doing yeah. absolutely nothing. Well, I can't remember who was saying was like, oh, you know, with, in the away matches in Russia. He can't wear shorts and stand still the whole game. No. He'll freeze. That's a good point. Who was saying that then? Could have been Matt Ryan. Good point, yeah. Good point well made, actually. 
<laughs> did any no, of you... I wasn't Abbott. He didn't do a thing to earn his money that night. You weren't allowed to drink boozles. I know that. No, that's... never mind Basels. The boozles were notable by their absence. <laughs> that's a, that's, isn't that a UEFA rule though? That's not a full. What, rule, you're not allowed to rubbish. drink boozles. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. Um, I take it in, in Pete's rather strange vernacular. He means beer because <laughs> they had beer, they had bars there, but I don't think it was. Um, I don't think it was. Yeah, I think it's the same as the UEFA thing. I think it's a UEFA thing. Is it okay? Because yeah. for the Champions League as well. Yeah. Oh, interesting. The next England match will be showing on the internet. The internet, Marcus. That's yeah. right, yeah, yeah. The internet. Them. <laughs> um, uh, somebody talk about that. <laughs> Pete. <laughs> Pete, you watch football on the internet? I do watch football on the internet, mostly yeah. illegally. Hello. <laughs> Hello, everyone. That's the thing I can't understand, because... If it, th- Why, are they nude? <laughs> they, apparently, this company need to get 300,000 subscribers to break even. It's never going to happen. No. Never going to happen. So is this? Uh, uh, so it's paid for. Yeah, there's links. I thought it was like through newspapers. No, it's an internet company of bo- no, premium TV, isn't it? The Times and a few other newspaper oh. websites are showing it as well. Oh, okay, I right. I, I don't know how it works. Uh, okay. it, it's a weird one, isn't it? It's all come about because Satanta doesn't exist anymore, basically. But you're blaming right, Satanta. You, know. you, you shouldn't well, have to pay. Stamp on their grave, James. Yeah. yeah, I will. You shouldn't have to be able to pay to watch an England game. Well, why why hasn't the BBC stumped it up? Stumped up too the cash? Were they, asking too, were they just asking too much? Is that the bottom line? Manisha's wage is high. I mean, they've got to pay yeah. Capello's wages. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's why. But when you look at the, the circumstances of the game as well, it's, we're already qualified. It's, it's going to... Less interest than there's ever going to be for a game other than a friendly. I mean, even the next friendly is Brazil, England, so that's mm. going to be that, that's genuinely going to be more. Yeah, but I mean, there's than, a big uproar about it. But I think people have been a little bit naive um, to think that this isn't how a lot of people are going to be watching um, football yeah. in, in in the near future. To oh, be I honest, I mean, I, I do watch a lot of football usually on Chinese um, <laughs> sort of relay systems <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Even the pubs around Arsenal, you'll get to. Um, and Pompey, yeah. yeah, so yeah, yeah, almost the weirdest thing watching in a hub a match that has been broadcast on off the internet yeah I mean, um, from a... like bounced off a satellite in like turkey or something yeah. and then back again i mean al jazeera show the premiership don't they a lot of pub, <laughs> dodgy pubs have that hooked <laughs> but i mean but i mean but i think i think that, that's where i thought i think but i think people are going internet i'm not watching it on my computer i can't throw booth around and stuff yeah, yeah. it's like well no i mean th- that's how a lot of people will be watching well, my next question well, i my think next... what will inevitably happen is that sort of tvs will have Decent internet access on them, and it will just be the same. Well, one next question was going to be: access. Do you think the laptop will be the new television? Well, I don't know. Either that or the media extender, I suppose you'd call it. One of those things that boxes that sit atop your uh, sky box that kind of relays uh, internets from uh, from your laptop and videos and stuff like that. Well, we're gonna, television. I think we're going to have to just wait and see what happens there. I don't mm. want to. I want the future now, Marcus. <laughs> I want to enjoy <laughs> it's it. Your I problem. You want yeah. the mirror on the stick? No, I want my does rocket packs. I want my Jetsons car, and I want it now. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, a man who got what he wanted was Kevin Keegan. Yeah, he, he could got buy, some he money. Could buy a, a Jetsons car. Well, I don't know. Has he got what he wanted though? Because what, by the looks of it, what he wanted was to ruin Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted twenty-five million, didn't he? And he got two million. Yeah, but uh, apparently that might not even cover his costs. The, the thing about the thing that came out of that, which interested me the most, was Dennis Wise's appalling conduct. <laughs> yeah, oh, he signed dear, like yeah. South American players. Just, but just what I love is when he said, he said Dennis White said, "Well, I gave him some clips on YouTube." No, he that, didn't even give them to him. He was like, "Go and look him up on YouTube." That's really. Kevin that's really doesn't know what YouTube is. <laughs> that's a really interesting uh, sort of thing. If you type in Ignacio Gonzalez, which is the player in question, um, on YouTube, there's um, three video clips of him. Right, one of which is a YouTube channel with 
several different South American footballers on. Right. And they're all the great... Imagine the grainiest footage you could ever find. Yeah. They don't score goals. It's just them, like, doing a little bit of a flick or something. I bet it's to this boy. He's in, like, a disguise <laughs> with a moustache. Just running around with the ball, but putting it, massive tackles in. Yeah, but yeah. I think it was... Um, I think it might have been when Saturday comes, like, about 15 years ago. Um, they dressed up a couple of uh, journalists as, uh, and, and had them, like, doing volleys and stuff in a, yeah. in a, in a car park or something. Yeah. And they filmed them. Because, you know, they used to buy them off videotape and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, and, like, yeah. Notable uh, Barry Fry, I think, bought yeah. a couple off, off yeah. VHS, yeah. which is just ridiculous. Yeah. And, and they try to sell them around. They try to, like, um, pimp them out outside the... <laughs> to, to outside the, the ground, for the, back, <laughs> for the back of, like, car My, boots. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's, the, it's the next generation of that, really, isn't it? It's like, yeah. look at this grainy footage on YouTube yeah. of some naff footballers. But it... it Beggar's belief. And it was all about um, giving the agent a, a bit of uh, mad props so that we have the yeah. pick. In, in, first in, in refusal, yeah. First refusal on, on some South American players. Absolutely. Which never happened. Blabbering it's crap it's from It's disgraceful wise. that that could ever ever be a factor. And, 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 wise, and wise sort of, uh, weirdly, he, he speaks very, very um, pleasantly about Mike Ashley, despite the fact he got fired. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mike Ashley terminated his contract. Yeah, Mike Ashley was given loads of in. money for effectively nothing for like mm. two years. But, um, and also, like, um, and, and he also mentioned that uh, the the administration, he mentioned that, um, oh, if Keegan had got more than two million, we would have gone into administration. Utter Crap! I think, it's, I think it's, it's just another desperate attempt uh, for Newcastle United to to try and demonise Kevin Keegan. Mm. And, and, and at the end of the day, Kevin Keegan, it, it was proved in a court of law that he was not uh, bound by the uh, terms of his contract, yeah. that he would have last word on players, player yeah. arrivals. Mm. Really got a feel for Keegan in this, because he really has been sort of demonised, in a way. And it's such a sort of sad... He strikes as a good bloke. He's yeah. probably quite a good bloke, I think. Yeah, I mean, just the fact... Obviously, he was such a legend at Newcastle, from playing there and from managing there the first time. For this to come and taint his legacy like that is a real shame. Well, this whole stigma damages that he's after as well. It's, he's got a point. He's going to find it hard to get a job. The man started his own football circus. Yeah, and he <laughs> did... <laughs> his own stigma. He did also say that, you know, I haven't watched the game in two years before <laughs> he took over at Newcastle. He, so, want, you know. he wants to get back into management, but it's going to be very difficult for him. I think I mean, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I'm Pompey will have him. Well, but I'm not sure who else. Uh, I, I, like I just said, I think Keegan's probably a good bloke, you know. And, and in a way, I do think that the game has moved on since he managed reasonably successfully. But there's no nothing, no reason to say he couldn't sort of let, you know, step up and, and, re, and really um, give it another go. I mean, I, it was a shame it didn't work out in Newcastle, but I think we all knew it wouldn't. I don't think we all knew it had come to this. But I, thought, I just thought he's setting himself up for a massive fall. I don't. Think, I'm personally not a big fan of going. I don't think he should go back. I think he should just stay as, stay as it is. Do you think? Um do you think Roy Keane's going to go? Because he didn't answer the reporter's question. Who's got the brass balls to fire Roy Keane? <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that? A board of people. Did I in, case anybody, yeah. in case anybody didn't An see it, army. the reporter said... Um, what is it? The reporter said, so are you going to stay? Are you going to stay on as it's yeah. manager? Are you thinking of leaving? Keane just gave him daggers and went, I'm yeah. not going to dignify that with an answer or something. He cut him in half with that, with that look. Reasonable yeah. response, though. It's very, very early in. You know Roy Keane's not just going to walk out, is he? He's, he's not that sort of bloke. We he, all know he, that about him by yeah, now. He's and for a, some reason, whenever you talk about Roy Keane, you have to mention his manliness. Yeah, he he, he did walk away from Sunderland. Yeah, yeah but, I was going to say, James. But, but, yeah, but he was there for a long time. That's what true. I'm saying. He's I, not going to just jack it in straight away. I, I, I think if somebody tried saying. to fire him, I think he'd probably turn into like a, a human torch. <laughs> <laughs> just, there'd be a smell in the room, there'd be a pressure in the room, and like the oxygen would get... So what's going on? What's going Oh, my God, he's self-immolating. So. Do, do you know that... Um, <laughs> I'd like him to do what's, what's known as a, a Lasana Diabat, which basically Pompey had this player when they got promoted called Lasana Diabat, and he's this uh, defensive midfielder, African chap, and uh, he got his contract 
terminated. And he just kept turning up. <laughs> he kept turning up for training. And then after a while, I just let him train with him. But he wasn't he wasn't playing. He refused to accept it like a jilted lover. He just kept going back and turning. And he'd be there at the beginning of the training with his boots and get him on and carry on training. Uh, so maybe Roy Keane would do that. You can't sack me. I'm still turning up. <laughs> like Gascoigne. Gascoigne at Kettering. When he when he got sacked, he goes, he can't sack me. I'm Paul Gascoigne. Well, he has sacked me, but I'm still turning up. That's what Gascoigne said. Maybe Roy Keane will do that. That'd be brilliant. <laughs> Did you see that one of the stewards at the weekend? I forget which game it was, but he was wearing boots. Oh, yeah, I saw oh, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That nice pair as well, like yeah, a really flashy pair of boots. You know, that's, that's optimism, isn't it? He that's was, class. yeah, he was expecting. Hey, you. Yeah, <laughs> we're a man short and we need a striker. <laughs> actually, it's the last minute. That, that happened to West Ham, didn't it? A, a pre-season friendly years and years ago. There was this bloke basically heckling them. Like, that was just, was Ronnie it? and Reggie would have been in charge. They'd be turning in their graves yeah, in his yeah. performance. <laughs> and he actually chucked him on. Redknapp was in charge. Yeah, he scored. He was offside. But yeah, I think yeah. I think we mentioned it before. But I always wondered. Will it be liable to accept the Redknapp except for the bung for that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not suggesting he did. I'm not, I'm just bung, so yeah. why not? Yeah. Uh, Have you got an agent? Oh, yeah, send him over. <laughs> I'll give you ten minutes. Yeah. Um, the Premier League may appeal for Sol Campbell so he can join a club before the the transfer window. What has Sol Campbell ever done for the Premiership? <laughs> yeah. That's what He's I said. put in hard graft for a number of years. Does, does, does the club actually want him or not? Well, Villa are linked with him quite strongly, apparently. Oh, I right. think that would be a sensible move. I think Phil Brown, he'll, he'll get in there. I yeah. think he can aim a bit higher than that, to be honest. He ain't got the legs. <laughs> he ain't got them. I don't, he don't well, know where they are. I, as a man who's watched Sol Campbell play reasonably regularly, I don't think he's that good anymore. How dare you? I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> think personally. Do you think he'd be a good sign for Villa, do you? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously he's not going to be like a sort of first choice, I would imagine. I don't. He's a really good player to have there. I think Villa's too I think, high. I think, I think if, Hull City... If maybe. I was a Villa fan and they started a game with Sol Cameron and Richard Dunn at the back <laughs> against <laughs> any player that can run sort of faster than a snail, well, I'd have a heart attack. <laughs> you say this, but recently there was a sort of a, a sprint test, wasn't there? And Sol Campbell actually came second in this. the Premiership behind Theo Walcott. Can I choose no. not to accept no. it? I've heard it. Was he running through walls? He's right, what but I'm choosing not to Aaron accept Lahore it. Aaron Lahore or Aaron Lennon? Apparently. This is, I just read this on the internet, oh, which is notoriously reliable. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, well, I can't argue against such a thing. <laughs> D Beck is uh, looking like he'll have to come in and save the day at Milan. He reckons he's close to a move back there. Because Milan are having a dreadful start. Well, yeah. they have had a dreadful start. Leonardo's under pressure. They, to be Massively. fair, they, they bombarded FC Zurich in the Champions League. They're still lost. They deserve to probably get something out of that oh, they, Well, they, they should have won that game, but they lost. You know, I think yeah, that's Zurich's first win. Is it what, in the Champions League? I think it? so. I, d- I don't think they've been in it many times. It yeah. could even be the first time they've been in it. Someone yeah. can email in and correct me, I'm sure. Yeah. But... Obviously, I mean, Ronaldinho, there was talk that he was going to retire recently. I know yeah. he's well, he rejected it. He scored on the weekend. They got a one-all draw. Um, but, yeah, it's just... It's well, not happening for Milan at the moment. I think one of the strangest decisions Milan made was obviously they, they knew they were going to let Kaka go because they needed the money. They had already the perfect replacement in, on their books but on loan in Johan Gurkhoff. Yeah. I know he wanted to go to Bordeaux but they could have, I don't know, I think they should have tried harder to keep him. He's a fantastic player. Well, do you know who else is not really performing for them who's a great player is Pato. Yeah. Well, and Pato arrived with a lot of hype, didn't he? No, no, he, but he's been, he's played well for them. But I've, I've, Ancelotti said before he left, he said that his attitude was wrong. He's kind of 
the fame and the adulation and all's gone to his head a bit. Mm. Well, yeah, and he's not getting in the Brazil side. No, I think I think when Kakar left, I think everyone was looking for Pato to step into those boots, and maybe yeah. maybe he's just um, he's just not really ready yet. Well, he? well, Tim Vickery in his in his blog was saying that he reckons that he's been left out by Dunga because um, you know Fabiano's scoring goals for fun, Nilmar scored a hat trick, mm. um, and Adriano's uh, kind of playing well too. And he, I think Pato's been kind of left out to give him a kick up the arse, yeah. as if to mm. say the World Cup's coming soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get involved. You want to because, be in that squad. Yeah, yeah exactly. Because he's such a talent. It really is. So it's a shame. Um, Milan, they've, have, they've had a dreadful start to the season. Real Madrid have had a great start to the season, but they've just been halted slightly yeah. by Sevilla. That was an absolutely superb game. Is it? They were without Ronaldo and Diarra. Yeah. But bit, still, they've got enough in there, I think. Uh, Sevilla, yeah. I mean, I'll tell you something. Real Madrid had a, had a chance really late on. Sergio Ramos, who obviously yeah, used to play yeah. for Sevilla. He got a bit of pelters. Yeah, he? He, and he missed it. And I'll tell you what, if they got out of that game with a two-all draw, that would have been an absolute disgrace. <laughs> Casillas made one of the best saves I've ever seen, and he made another world-class save as well. Mm. And um, who's the fella? Oh, um, Jesus Navas. Oh yeah. Uh, on the, on the, on he had one a good game, apparently. Yeah. Uh, he he absolutely ripped round his young. What's his the young fullback? Is Marcelo. it Marcelo? Yeah, he Marcelo. ripped him to pieces over and over again, and he scored a header when he's only about five foot seven. Yeah. And and I don't think Jesus Navas can actually leave the ground without getting homesick. <laughs> so it's a, it's, a, it's a big achievement in itself. Sevilla are a really really interesting side because yeah, every are. season their players they're big players get taken away from them I mean Cato went to uh, went to Barcelona there's Sergio Ramos there's uh, um, well Luis Fabiano wanted to leave but they kind of they've, they've managed to hold on to him of I mean even as far back as sort of um, Julio Baptista and Jose yeah. Reyes they're yeah. players they regularly come to prominence and they move on the next season but they, they bring others in they buy sensibly they bring yeah. people through their academies they're great it's what Valencia kind of did Luis Fabiano not left because he wouldn't go anywhere in Northern Europe he, he wants to stay somewhere warm well, he, he, he wanted to mm. st- go to Milan I think. yeah <laughs> it was either Milan was the only one he was going to accept other than, other than sort of Barca or Real but um, they're, they're, a good, they're a good club, Sevilla. I mean, they're, they're very much um, involved in the community. A friend of mine lives in southern Spain and he supports Sevilla and he's always uh, going on about them and saying that they offer cheap tickets often to people mm-hmm. uh, and one thing or another. Although I heard in that game, actually, that the cheapest ticket was well over... 110 100. euros, wasn't it? Something like that. It's a bit <laughs> of a shame to hear, really, but... Uh, I, I read... I also... Because I, I read a piece about the 110 euro ticket and in the same article, I forget who wrote it now, I read that um, Barcelona have got 93,000 season yeah, ticket holders. it's incredible, yeah, yeah. isn't it? I mean, yeah. I think uh, for those reasons, pretty much those obvious reasons, Barca and Real are going to be mm. fighting it out for, for the title, obviously. But if any of them slip up and start having a bit of a mare, I think Sevilla could could do something. Well, Sevilla, are the ones that um, I think they're kind of they've taken over from where Valencia used to be. Yeah, in, you know, in that kind of big three, if you like, in yeah. Spain. Valencia have done very well to hang on to their players. It looked like they, were they have done. Well. You yeah. never know; they might even make. Well, a it's third. a shame because I mean, we all remember that Valencia side had got to two Champions League finals. What Mendieta and those yeah. sort of players? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, they were a superb side. So yeah. I'd, oh, I'd love to see Sevilla do something in, in La Liga and even in the Champions League as well because they're, they're a good club. They're a nice team to watch. And also, they have a wonderful thing outside on the wall of their stadium—a big sort of mosaic thing. Yeah. Which has uh, got lots of um, flags and all from like, teams all over the world that they've played. Nice. Google it. Nice touch. It is beautiful. I've been there. Lovely. <laughs> it's worth mentioning actually how well Real Madrid have started aside from that result. Because Ronaldo, is, he's, he's almost in double figures already, isn't he? he didn't he's play had a fantastic Sunday. Start. It's incredible. He just slotted straight. Isn't in. it the best start goal scoring wise I think they've ever had? He got he got injured midweek in the Champions League, didn't he? Real, yeah. um, Ronaldo and. and um, They've won six or seven games on the spin before. Well, that. him and, and yeah. him and Ibrahimovic of, of Ibrahimovic for Barcelona and Ronaldo for Real Madrid have had the best starts to those club seasons. I think goal scoring wise, have yeah. they? Yeah. Ibrahimovic scored in his first five in a row. Didn't I he? think that's what. Yeah. I don't know if he got the sixth as well because that game happened. I was surprised a little bit earlier, Marcus, that you said that Diara didn't start 
when did we think that was going to be a sentence <laughs> in the future? <laughs> well, <laughs> the RX Pompey. <laughs> In South America, Boca Juniors played. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, Boca Juniors played Vélez Sarsfield, and it is worth having a look at this because um, Raquel may score a beauty off the crossbar, top corner. Effort. Yeah, lovely yeah. stuff. And uh, Martin Palermo, you emailed me this, Luke, and I kind of thought, no, he's got that wrong. Scored a thirty-five stroke. I think it was actually a forty-yard header. It's the biggest, Incredible. it's the furthest that header I've ever seen. It was it's outrageous, ridiculous. and he meant it as well. It, yeah, it's not yeah. as if it bounced off his head, but it, no. it, oh man! So um, what happened? The keeper came out and, yeah. and cleared it, but it sort of slightly fluffed the clearance. That it went head high, and it came straight to Palermo, who thought on his feet, who just and, thundered the thing, and and with the experience of a man who's once missed three penalties in one game, <laughs> he bullet headed it straight back over the keeper's head. If anyone has seen but a header, it bent in the air. Out, though. <laughs> Yeah. It, is. it did, it's outrageous. We'll put this on, on our blog, website. on the website. Yeah, yeah. It's so worth watching, it's mental. I mean, Raquel May scored an absolute peach in that yeah. game as well, didn't it? I, I, I swear, um, balls are lighter in South America, or something to do with the... the heads the, are harder. The, <laughs> every reality is weirder. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the ball is one of those, like, weighted balls. Like a weight in it, you don't know where it's going to oh, go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, emails. Oh, hang on a minute. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, Emails. Right. Better. <laughs> Not sorry at all. Um, uh, uh, James, you go first. Go on, then. Right, this <laughs> is from uh, Simon Curran, right? Hey, Ramblers. I used to love 606 and think of it as my favourite podcast to download, but now I love this podcast. It's miles better. No, thank you, Simon. Uh, my friends and I had a bet on how many, how many weeks in a row Alan Green would say the word quote during the programme. My friend is winning with eight and counting. I think you're winning as well. Surely that's yeah. how that, that bet would work. So don't put yourself down too much, Simon. Uh, you, you're still going to win this. Um, but he goes on to say, this is not what I'm writing about. Oh. At school, we're having a fun day soon, and my friends and I have set up a competition for the best Ramble Force Ho sign. The winner gets £100 out of our pocket money, and we will also send a picture of it to you Ramblers. Thank you for that. Not only that, it costs £2 to enter, and all the money will go to the Cancer Research Organisation. Thanks, guys. Tell me what you think. Well, we think that is wonderful, Simon. Yeah. Well done. And we Touch want a bit of commission news. on that. That's touched my heart. <laughs> Thank get you it much. filmed. Get it filmed. Yeah. yeah. Get, I'm not encouraging the, children uh, to film. Let's make that clear. Let's make that clear. But no, that's that's great stuff. Um, uh, I've got an email here. Uh, it says Rambleforce. Ho. Ho. Um, uh, uh, congratulations on your debut win um, the other Saturday, which was of course our eleven aside. Oh yeah. Um, says I'm in the process of moving from five aside to eleven aside. And players <laughs> keeper, and I was wondering if Lukey had any tips on how to be a successful goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a successful one, absolutely not. Right, uh, but just, just make sure that you're never knowingly lobbed. Yeah, yeah, I'm never. As, uh, well, what's his name? Sorry, Marcus. It is is Matt from Leeds? He says I thought of emailing someone on Sky Sports, not Andy Burton, as I'm looking for useful advice. Yeah. but none of them are interested. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, in I am interested, Matt. Thanks very much for your email. Um, I, as a man who's ne never knowingly been lobbed. Uh, I would suggest that you um, just organise your defence and um, do your best. Well, you should, well done. Do. Well done, do. he's 28. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Game, set, match, more. I'll live Yeshin over there. <laughs> yeah. um, you can also email Jeff Winter because he'll definitely get back to you. Yeah. <laughs> it won't be the right answer. <laughs> but he make, answer. make yourself big, cover your angles, that's all you need. Yeah, all right. Yeah. I try to cover my angles. angles. The hardest part about being a keeper when you're not a keeper, Matt, is knowing where the goal is. You have to keep, without <laughs> Look looking over your shoulder every five seconds. That's true. 
Yeah. Even in five aside, that's true. To I, get two good centre backs, Matt. That's what I'm I would. Saying. I would. I would probably venture that if it's got to the stage where he's asking me for goalkeeper advice, he's probably at rock bottom and shouldn't bother. <laughs> <laughs> but you're an inspiration to young keepers thank out you, there. Thank Luke. you very much, Marcus. Very much okay. No, it wasn't. You know, I just think that's probably the case. Luke, Luke uh, got the advice: make yourself big quite early on. Now, and he ate a lot, so that was his <laughs> oh, oh. below the belt and completely Booyah. unnecessary. Uh, Over the belt as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's all completely unnecessary. Pete's got an email and he's going to read it out. Uh, this is from Jude Pearson. Uh, she says, uh, "Dear Ramblers, hey Jude." Oh, good. Oh, so good, done there, yeah. good. Thanks, Beatles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Beatles. My name's Peter, so... <laughs> Your story of being told to fuck off by Jensen, by... Who, J- Jen, was it Jensen? John Jensen. John Jensen. John Jensen. John Jensen. Oh, just, by Jensen, when uh, getting Arsenal autographs outside a hotel, reminded me of a time when Arsenal came to Leicester to play the Mighty Foxes in one of the cup competitions. It was one of the first, or possibly the first game Ian Wright played for Arsenal. I was about 10 or 11 years old, and after games against notable opposition, my mum and I used to wait outside for the players to come out to get their bus. The Arsenal players came out and all signed my Arsenal poster, probably taken from Shoot magazine or something. Uh, Ian Wright even chatted to me for a little while and joked about me cutting him out of a Palace poster and sticking him onto the Arsenal poster. (laughs) (laughs) I was getting a lot of autographs, but one important player's signature was missing. Michael Thomas was a hero for me for scoring that goal against Liverpool. Most of my schoolmates were Liverpool fans, so it always... So it was always good to see them fail. <laughs> I approached Michael Thomas, who was stood with someone, possibly Jensen, and said, and said, excuse me, holding out my poster and pen. He looked at me, then the poster, and said, why don't you fuck off? <laughs> it's, did Arsenal in the 90s have a competition to see who could tell the most kids to fuck off? <laughs> what a toss part. Luckily, my mum didn't hear, or it would have been another football career brought to an abrupt premature end. What, another? What do you mean? Is it, what, is his mother going around knocking footballers I about? think that's the point. I think that's the point. Remember Blomqvist? He was rude to me. Cheers, <laughs> yeah. Ramblers, Jude. Oh, thank, thank you for that. Cheers, Jude. Jude. I'm sorry to hear Fuck that. Fuck off, Jude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a pro. What yeah. can I say? <laughs> Uh, well, act like one. So, Spelzy, who do we think is going to get our championship manager? Goody bag. Go on, Spelzy, Sam. <laughs> tell, us, <laughs> tell us who's going to get something in the post. Hey. He's <laughs> <laughs> got to be Simon Curran. Oh. Yes, the man doing the thing for Simon, Simon. cancer. Well yeah, done, the banners, the, ca- the cancer research. Uh, championship manager, goody bag. They're all words. <laughs> Uh, cats, uh, give me the bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Funny stories! Um, thank Luke, you, thank you, Spelzy. You've got a funny story. I have. <laughs> well, read the beggar out, then. Thank you, Marcus. Um, this is about Raymond Domenech, who I think we can all agree is always good value. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if, if not for his personality, then for his team's inept performances. Um, France coach Raymond Domenech has an admirer from an unlikely quarter. Catherine Ringer, former porn star and lead singer of classic, classic 80s band Les Rita Mitsoko, Ooh. has just released, free to download on her website... A track entitled Je Kiffe Raymond, or I Love Raymond, Mm. in the slang of the era. It features lyrics that translate as follows. I love Raymond, what a looker. Yeah, his style, his name. He's the tops, this Dominech. I love his image, his clinginess. And then an untranslatable pun on the word crampon, meaning both football boots and leech. 
At his command, I leap into action. Go on, Raymond, you're so handsome. You're good. I imagine just one golden match and everyone will adore you. Uh, a good pass and long live your colours. Yeah, you're good. You're classy. I love your image. He's, he's bearing of an old stud and magnificent. We're still recording. I don't know what's going on here. He doesn't give a damn what people think. I'm flattered and embarrassed. Not one Dominic. mention of Paul O'Grady. What did Dominic say about this, Marcus? He said, I'm flattered and embarrassed. I love, I like the line... He's bearing of an old stud. <laughs> <laughs> what? You oh, could just dear. email that to uh, the Nuge, uh, Luke. Change uh, a couple of words. Yeah, I'll just yeah. Tra- yeah, I will do. I'll change it around. I'll send it over there. Do you reckon the Nuge? Do you reckon David Nugent, Nugent would say, "I'm flattered and embarrassed"? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about flattered. <laughs> I like how she's uh, on a <laughs> website. She's giving that away, for, that away for free. There's probably a lot of things on the website she's not giving. Yeah, away for I expect free, so. Really. Yeah, David yeah, Nugent would secrets. say, "If I sent that to David Nugent, he'd say, I'm fully erect and embarrassed." <laughs> mm. Apparently, this woman's 51 years old, so she's. Weird. I, yeah, but Dominic's is old. Yeah, 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 that's kind of a behaviour. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to paint a picture for you. Oh, mum! <laughs> is it not enough that you're an ex-porn star? You got to write love songs Can for bloody Dominic. Let's move on swiftly. Uh, Pete, would you like to go next? All right, then. Um, this is about Cork City, and it's sent in from, from uh, a gentleman listener called uh, Paul Farrell. Or Farrell. Uh, the chairman of Cox City recently claimed an unfortunate blip led to an embarrassing incident which left Dublin-bound players stranded for nearly two hours after a bus company owed over €2,000 uh, by the club refused to take them to a League of Ireland Premier Division cl- clash with St Pat's. The City players assembled at Silver Springs Moran Hotel Silver Springs Moran Hotel for an 11.45 departure, but the bus driver refused to let them on until the company, Kearney's, were uh, paid more than €2,000 owed by the club for previous trips. Team captain Dan Murray was forced to phone Cork's radio station 96FM, where he made an on-air appeal for help. <laughs> and, after, and after sympathetic donors turned up, Cork City chairman Tom Coughlin agreed to settle the outstanding bill with the company, which I imagine was very good. Why did the bus driver <laughs> turn up if you weren't going to drive? I'm here, but I'm not driving you anywhere. <laughs> it seems pointless. Coughlin said it's embarrassing and not a great preparation for a team trying to get into Europe. Um, what, and no. and uh, London-born de- left-back Danny Murphy said, all of us are very embarrassed to be standing here like beggars, begging people to pay for our bus journey. It's gone beyond a joke now. We're being made to look like a laughing stock in the league. <laughs> it's, why is this, <laughs> and on the nation's roads. There's so much embarrassment in this funny story section. Yeah, it really is. It's awful. But uh, James is going to pick it up. Oh, I've got another one. This is unbelievable. Right, um, Real Madrid have received a distressing letter that could spell disaster for the upcoming season. Ooh. Superstar signing Cristiano Ronaldo has been cursed by a wizard. Oh, bloody hell. According to <laughs> the Spanish paper El Mundo, the wizard claims someone personally acquainted with Ronaldo paid for a spell that would injure him. Because the wizard is a mixture of priest and doctor, he must safeguard his client's identity. The wizard previously threatened Real Madrid players in 2003 and 2006. The club suffered disastrous spells during both seasons, but rebounded to win the league in 06-07. He can't promise that it will be a serious injury, and it depends on various factors, so that it will be achieved sooner or later. Real Madrid are unconcerned. Though weirdly, he did actually he did actually get injured before the game at Sevilla, which is when he predicted this would happen and they yeah. did lose so Marcus as a Christian man maybe you'll want to comment on whether magic is real or not bollocks <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very very strange you know I mean as, as a mixture of priest and doctor well you're not you're yeah. not a doctor you're, really, you're, really not you're a, a wizard doctor wizard oh hello doctor wizard how do you do you just do like, <laughs> do you do like a split degree in priesthood yeah, yeah. and medicine yeah. wizardry which just <laughs> adds up to being a wizard I yeah. thought a wizard was actually known as a warlock yeah 
No, that's a witch. That's a male witch. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah. What's the difference? Hats. Different hats. <laughs> <laughs> Can we move on? <laughs> Can we move on here? <laughs> different hats. But the trouser wear is the, the same. The trouser wear is the same. <laughs> Everything else is the Everything same. Beard else. length. Beard? Yeah, pull up beard. Just get into beards. Well, what's yours? What would you class yours as? Uh... Rubbish. <laughs> the pixie's beard. No. Hello there. <laughs> That's a leprechaun for one. That is. I'm sorry. Well, it might be an Irish pixie. You don't need to discriminate, do you? <laughs> Things have taken a turn from the worst. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's profile time. Woo. Um. Oh, let's just go straight in. Franz Anton Beckenbauer. Ooh. He would have gone straight in. The yeah. Kaiser. <laughs> yeah, the Kaiser. Yeah, good. Now we've done we've done many many a profile, but uh, this really is classic stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Let me tell you, uh, he was born on the 11th of September 1945. Work it out. 22 years before the Summer of Love. Thank you. Don't sound so strange. You won't. But a year after the summer of hate. <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted to use that jingle. I did. Just wanted to use that sound effect. People keep on adding them into the little box, and I keep on going, oh, how can I use this one? You, obviously, everyone thinks Pete's just some sort of maestro producer, but he carries around this utility belt with loads of different sounds on it. He yeah. does this all day in, in yeah. real life. Yeah. Franz Beckenbauer, gentlemen. <laughs> oh? Must tweet. Franz Beckenbauer. Uh, without a doubt, one of the greatest players and possibly coaches of all time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're not messing around today. I agree with that. We're not. Me- Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll my, carry on. Gets my endorsement. <laughs> um, uh, some people might say he he invented. I think perhaps maybe redefined the role of the sweeper, um, and he was probably. You'd go as far to say the best sweeper of all time, I think. Yeah. In that position. Yeah. He, d- he really does define that position, doesn't he? Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, and, and it was kind of an attacking defensive player, I suppose, in a kind of a weird, weird way. way. yeah, yeah. He, he was. Um, very elegant on the ball, very confident, tactically superb, great leader. And this all gave him um, the nickname... Uh, the, the Kaiser. The Kaiser. Can we call him a libero? Yeah, that, so. that's the Italian. Uh, yeah, but it's a similar. Yeah, the position. The, the, that's libero. what the Italians call sweeper, isn't it? There's a more, bit more to it than a sweeper. Yeah, libero. sure, yeah, sure, yeah. sure. That's what I'm saying. Um, yeah, but a uh, very versatile player. He started out as a midfielder, but um, obviously got his name as as a, being um, the great defender he was. Uh, his career started at the age of nine when he played for the youth team of FC München 06, mm. and he joined Bayern Munich aged 14. Uh, three years later, he gave up his job as a trainee insurance salesman to become a professional footballer. It was a I good think, decision. I think yeah. we're all happy. With the benefit of hindsight, that was the right choice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but who's to say he wouldn't have been a great insurance salesman? He probably would have <laughs> been. He'd have probably redefined his role in that as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'd redefined, redefined the shape of insurance salesman for years to come. <laughs> <laughs> One can only assume. Um, he made his debut for Bayern on the left wing, or as an outside left, uh, against FC St Pauli. Um, oh yeah, we know then they're already in the team. That's right. In 1964, and uh, in his first season um, in the regional league, he helped uh, Bayern win or achieve promotion to the Bundesliga. Because Bayern weren't a particularly fashionable side at the time; they were in the in the lower league, uh, not in the uh, prestigious Bundesliga. Um, but within a year of them going up, he uh, made his debut for West Germany, aged 20. Now, things just moved on rapidly for, for Beckenbauer. Um, he played... I mean, that was 1964 he made his debut. 1966, he was playing in a World Cup final. 
Um, <laughs> he's, and he's you don't f- muck around. No, no and no. that's and that's what we're talking about. He's here. redefining time. <laughs> 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 he certainly is, Pete, and that's why we love him. One of the reasons, anyway. Uh, his first appearance at a World Cup um, was a five-nil victory over Switzerland. And he scored two goals. <laughs> That's not bad, is it? Bear in mind, he's a sweeper. Yeah, it's yeah. not bad. Or, or he was more of a defender then. Um, he used to get forward a bit. Um, and in the final, he was given the job to man mark Bobby Charlton. Mm. Bearing in mind, he's 20, 21 years old. Mm. Mm. Uh, didn't, uh, I, I didn't win, though, did they, eh? We right, bloody did. Right, bloody. <laughs> From our lines... Uh, yeah. <laughs> You're right there, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Having a good time. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he said that... Um, he said that uh, Charlton was the, the the player that the Germans feared the most, and Beckenbauer said himself, "England beat us in 1966 because Bobby Charlton was just that little bit better than me." Oh, <laughs> very um, nice from the but he won he won FIFA Young Player of the Tournament at, at, at the age of 21. It was, and he played a huge part in Germany, finishing second at that World Cup, and he was third joint top goal scorer at that World Cup. <laughs> what a, what an impact on the world stage that man had! It's not bad. Not bad that that World Cup was. Yeah, not, not, um, bad, not bad that France. Not bad this sport. <laughs> um, Bayern soon became a force in in the Bundesliga, which was a which was kind of a new setup to the, the German league at that time. Uh, and they won the German Cup in in sixty six and sixty seven, and they won the Cup Winners Cup in nineteen sixty seven. Oh, good. Yeah, very good. Um, he became team captain of Bayern in sixty eight sixty nine and led the club to their first league title. And this was when he really started to delve into the sweeper role, or the libero role, Mm. as Luke quite rightly pointed out earlier in the profile. And it was the attacking sweeper game. It sounds almost like a contradiction, really. Yeah. Mm. Um, but uh, but that's that's kind of what he was. He, and he experimented a bit, and he would, he would sort of mount attacks from the centre of defence. Um, and he'd, he'd often watched... The, um, he admired very much um, Giancinto... Um, Facchetti, who was the, uh, the, the the internationale and uh, Italy left back, who again kind of kickstarted the whole wing back kind of thing that the, the Italian did, and he wanted to adopt a similar kind of role at centre back. And uh, in in uh, soccer, the world game, um, it reads: the role of sweeper appeared a perfect launching pad, since the sweeper himself was never marked, lurked deep at the back, and could pick his uh, could pick his moment to surge upfield. Sort of like a quarterback role, really. Well, yeah, kind yeah. of really. Um, unfortunately, he wasn't given this uh, freedom to play um, for the national side, but th- but that time would come, Pete. Don't you worry. Just <laughs> just a weird role, isn't it? Like a defender with free reign. Yeah, yeah. it's really odd. <laughs> well, it's old Campbell used to love it. We, I, yeah. I mentioned <laughs> it as much as I can. The Tommy Vermaelen loves it as well. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Philly Palbert loved it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it is a valid point, Pete. Yeah. You know, and we like valid points. Um, so he was, as I say, he was captain of Bayern and. Uh, the, towards the end of the, the 60s and into the 70s um, Bayern really started to become a real big force in Europe and, and another couple of outstanding players I had was Setmeyer and Gerd Müller Müller of course mm. now World Cup Mexico 1970 he got his revenge against England in the quarterfinals when they won 3-2 and he, and he got one himself mm. um, but uh, perhaps uh, the most memorable of his displays was in the semi-final against Italy when he dislocated his shoulder but he carried on. Um, I think they'd already used their substitutes. He carried on with his injured arm in a sling, um, and it went the whole extra time. And Italy won four three, um, and then and Germany got uh, third place. They beat Uruguay in the. Beckenbauer's let him down there. 
Well, that's for free. Yeah, he only had a dislocated shoulder <laughs> running around a pitch with his arm in a sling. You'd never be allowed to do that nowadays. No, no. It's, it's madness. But he has fond memories of Mexico. He said 1970 was a magnificent tournament. The fans were fanatical and the stadium... I love this. And stadium security wasn't quite so intense those days. You could pretty much do what you wanted to. There was just one armed policeman who sat outside the entrance and watched the whole ground. Very good mind. Some of these stadiums like the Aztec was 110,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, that would be unthinkable today. Back then, it was simply... Simply more relaxed. The games in Mexico were colourful. Uh, the country laughed and football danced. He oh, that's nice. Um, but yeah, so Germany finished third in that World Cup. So he's finished second and he's finished third. Um, in there. And in uh, 1971, he was made captain of Germany. Um, and this was when he started to put his uh, his sweeper role right into the national team. He could really get stuck in there. And the following year at the European Championships, <clears throat> Beckenbauer took that sweeper role into international football and Germany won the trophy, beating uh, Soviet Union 3-0 in the final and Beckenbauer was voted European Footballer of the Year that year. And under, under Beckenbauer's uh, leadership, Bayern then won three successive Bundesliga titles and three successive European Cups. Class. Incredible. <laughs> he got a lot done. Well, <laughs> didn't he, Beckenbauer? There's, there's no arguing about that. They beat Atletico Madrid in the final 4-0. Um, they beat Don Revy's Leeds 2-0. That was in 75. And they beat Saint-Étienne uh, 1-0. And uh, and because they won the cup three times, they got to keep. Um, yeah, you know, they, they, mm-hmm. if you win a hat trick, you get to keep a trophy there. Uh, and they also won the world club, um, the world clubs cup in in seventy six over Cruzeiro of uh, of Brazil. But his biggest achievement, without um, a doubt, on his on his playing career, was uh, to captain his country to a world cup victory in his home city of Munich in nineteen seventy four. And of course, it was a memorable final against Holland and, and mm-hmm. Johan Cruyff and, and co. Um, and and this meant that uh, Beckenbauer uh, is only one of two players in World Cup history. Wolfgang Overall, Overath, uh, I think is how you pronounce that, is the other. He's got the complete collection of medals at World Cup: gold, silver, and bronze. Oh, good. Ooh. How about that, eh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he became the first captain to lift the new FIFA World Cup trophy as Brazil got the Jules Romay trophy that mm-hmm. kind of finished in 1970. Yeah, they got to keep that, didn't they? Yeah, they did get to keep that. And he was also. Um, that German side became the first national side to be European and world champions simultaneously and France obviously accomplished that in in 2000 he was then voted European Footballer of the Year for the second time in 1976 but in 1977 he accepted a two and a half million dollar contract to go and play for the New York Cosmos in the North American Soccer League Nazzle (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, and he stayed. He was there for four years, and won. He won the soccer bowl uh, three times, <laughs> even winning things for the Cosmos. He wins wherever mm. he goes. He's exactly. a winner. We talked about the Cosmos in, in, a, in a previous profile, of course. When he moved um, to America to play, that that was signalled an end to his um, international career. But one he could be very proud of, indeed. And he made over a uh, hundred. He made one hundred and three appearances for his country, and he became the first German player ever to break. break through the 100-cap uh, barrier. However, that, he wasn't done with uh, with European football. He, he had a spell in the, for the Cosmos, and then he came back with Hamburg um, SV in, in 1980 to 1982, and he won the Bundesliga title again with them. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, uh, and then he went back out to the Cosmos to um, to, to finish off his play. Win some other there. stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. Just to... Won the sperm race, let's not forget yeah. that. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, Coveted trophy. Yeah. <laughs> he probably got to keep that. He probably won it three times. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. 
Beckenbauer in uh, in the eighties was given the um, the West German national manager job, which was quite a, a big appointment at the time because he had no coaching experience at all. Mm. His apprenticeship was served gaining qualification for the nineteen eighty six World Cup in Mexico. Mm. Incredible! <laughs> so um, straight in there, and he and he took a not a particularly great side to the final. Yeah, well they have beaten off Argentina. He went one better four years later. Um, and it, you're absolutely right. In uh, in 1990, Germany became undefeated world champions. It's interesting what you say about him because I always think of him, and I, and I don't know him obviously personally, but I always <laughs> remember him as like a, a man of real like, dignity and stuff. Yeah. It's interesting what you said about what he said in the 66 World Cup final. Oh, Bobby Charlton was just a little bit better than me because yeah. apparently in the semi final in World Cup 90, after Germany beat England on penalties, um, and, they, and a couple of the players had to go through for a drugs test. He said that, you know, and, and I think it was Stuart Pearce or someone said, oh, if it was us and we'd won, we'd be dancing around celebrating. And he said that um, the two German chaps, I forget who they were, just carried themselves with absolute dignity and, yeah. and sat down, didn't celebrate in their faces, shook their hands, said good game and stuff. And I wonder if, if Beckenbauer influenced them to do that. Well, I think, yeah. I think Germany have got a, quite a tradition of doing that. They're very good winners, if you know what I mean. But I do think, you? I think, yeah, I do. And I think, um, I think Beckenbauer kind of typifies that, really. Yeah, I, I agree with that, definitely. Um, but he, um, he became uh, the first man... Um, and he's only one of two. The other is uh, Mario Zelgalo, who has won the uh, World Cup as a coach and a player. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, a, a, as captain and as a coach, should I say? Um, and Beckenbauer said that uh, I would say 1990 in Italy was the most important to me. It doesn't come any better than managing a side to victory. Um, and after that World Cup, he, he then had sort of brief uh, manager spells at, at Marseille. It, not particularly successful there. And then he went to Bayern and he guided them to a Bundesliga title and a second uh, brief spell with uh, Bayern. He, they won the uh, UEFA Cup and, of course, he moved upstairs as club president. But um, I shall end with a quote which I think sums the man up. He said that uh, it is not the strong one that wins. It is the one that wins who is strong. Mm-hmm. In you come, son. Come on in, friends. They always have such fantastic quotes. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine hair on the back of your next time. I can't, right? It's not enough that they're incredibly good footballers yeah. or managers. It's just they've got to be incredibly well spoken as well. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of the pod once again. I hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch, the email address is podcast at thefootballramble.com. And why not check out our website, which is thefootballramble.com. Luke, there's something interesting happening, though. Oh, yeah, we've got a range of uh, Dean Windass Hall of Fame-themed T-shirts, um, courtesy of cultzeros.co.uk. But if you want to go um, and find them and buy them, whatever, they're very competitively priced, uh, <laughs> go to thefootballramble.com and it'll be there and you can pick your best one. Absolutely marvellous. James, you've got something to say. I have as well. Um, on the 14th of October, my comedy night that I run, which is called Comedy 2.0, is moving to a venue called... Punk, uh, which is in Soho Street. Uh, it's 14, 14 Soho Street. The nearest tube is Tottenham Court Road. That's in uh, London. Yeah, it is in London, For obviously. Canadian so, listeners. Yeah, yeah. We have a big contingent down here in the Big Smoke, so if you want to come along. Patrick Monaghan's performing. He's performing at the Royal Albert Hall soon. He's a very good act. Helen Arney, Colin Holt, Jay Foreman, who's very good, and myself. I am available for corporate work. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, it's um, normally £7, because this is a very good lineup with some real good circuit acts on there. But if you mention the Football Ramble on the door, it's a mere £3. So, if you if you type comedy 2.0 into Facebook and join our group, you can get all the details on there. So yes, and see you there. Spend the money you saved on a t-shirt. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. <laughs> and uh, and Pete, you've got something to plug. Yeah, Zora buy a shed. <laughs> I've got I've got it's most of a shed if I'm honest. I mean it's I mean it's half Korea, so I, I don't bother actually. It's not it's not that great a shed to be honest. Marcus, do you want to wrap this up? This this shit storm up. <laughs> 
<laughs> if I could. Um, say goodbye, Pete. Goodbye. Say goodbye, uh, James or Jim. Bye. And say goodbye, Luke. See you later, bye. Uh, we're all off to tell uh, an autograph-hunting teenager to F off. <laughs> and why not? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.